This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. I want to introduce you to somebody, Douglas Abrams. He is um, he's an author and editor. He is He works with people... Um, who are, um, are are trying to create a wiser and and better world, um, and he has um, was allowed to spend time with two men who are both in their eighties and have a very interesting perspective. If I said to you, losing what was most valuable to me. Losing my country was the best thing that ever happened to me. You would say, excuse me, how could you find joy in that? You know the best thing that could ever happen to you? Going to prison. I'm sorry, what? Two people with extraordinary, extraordinary vision um, uh, when it comes to finding inner peace and, and joy. Um, I had the opportunity to meet one of them, and it was, uh, it was a, 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 a surreal experience. One of the men that he uh, was allowed to spend time with was the Dalai Lama, and the other is Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and the book is The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. Doug Abrams, welcome to the program, Doug. How are you? Great to be here, Glenn. Thanks so much. So, Doug, um, let, let's start with losing my country is perhaps the thing that set me free. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, extraordinary moment. We had a week together in Dharamsala, India, with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. Who Which, by the, the way, if anybody doesn't know, that's like way in the... It's like a, what is it, a 15-hour drive to the closest airport. It's like way out of the way, is it not? It's, it's in, the, in the foothills of the Himalayas uh, in the northern India. Obviously, as uh, many of your listeners know, the Dalai Lama... Uh, had to flee Tibet because the Chinese invaded, and um, this is his home in exile, where we were. We had the privilege of spending this week, and uh, these two men, uh, in addition to being global icons and moral leaders for the world, are actually really dear friends and love each other and tease each other. And it, it's kind of extraordinary to see these two men who are so revered kind of laughing with each other and, and teasing each other. And so at one point, you know, Archbishop Tutu, you know, we were talking about what allows us to have joy in our lives, even in the face of adversity, in the face of a world filled with suffering. And Archbishop Tutu turned to the Dalai Lama and he said, why are you not morose? You know, you've been run out of your country. And, you know, the Dalai Lama didn't know what the word morose was. So he turns to his translator and Archbishop Tutu says, sad. Why are you not sad? You've, everything that you love has been taken away from you. And the Dalai Lama turned to him and he said, you know, I tried to step back and take a wider perspective and see that, yes, all of this suffering has happened. But if I had stayed in Tibet, 
I would never have been able to have the life that I had. I would never have been able to meet all the people that I've met. I never would have met you. Um, And he was able to shift his perspective and see that even in the face of great suffering that he and his people have experienced, he has had a much richer life than he would have had in what he called his gilded cage uh, being the holy Dalai Lama, as he said, in Tibet. Um, and then they started cackling and giggling about how, you know, they, you know, he probably wouldn't have won the Nobel Peace Prize, and here are these two guys who've won the Nobel Peace Prize are, are joking about these supposedly amazing awards that they've gotten as if, you know, they were, you know, kind of peripheral and funny. Um, but this was the, the whole week together was filled with these kind of counterintuitive insights about how deeply connected joy and sorrow are and um, how, in fact, it's through the adversity that we discover our joy and our fulfillment. So, so Doug, I, this is something that my father taught me. Um, I was whining about my life. I'm a recovering alcoholic, and this is 20-some years ago, and I was whining about my life. And, mm-hmm. and my dad, who is a, a baker, um, uh, was listening to me whine to him on the phone, and he said, "You know, son, I got I've got to pull some bread out of the oven. Can I? Can I? You call me tonight. Make a list of all of these things because, boy, you have suffered so much. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you uh, call me back tonight?" I called him back within ten minutes because the first thing that was on my list was my mother's death, and then I don't remember what was on my list. I got to three or four, and I was like, "Now wait a minute, hang on just a second. Well, if." If that wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And then I went back up to the list. I got all the way to my mother, you know, when I when I was a teenager dying. And I thought, well, that that wasn't that. I mean, yes, that was tragic, but that would that caused all these other things that have put me in a position to X, Y, Z. I called my father back and he picked up the phone and I said, you don't have any bread in the oven at all, do you? And he just laughed and he said, wow, <laughs> you're faster than I thought. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we are now living in a society that is trying to take away, is trying to say life is painless. If you fail in business, don't worry, we'll bail you out. If, you know, um, let's have uh, safe zones, et cetera, et cetera. We do have to try to be better to each other. We do try to have to help one another. But there is something huge. Don't take away my right to... Well- to, to, to fail or to learn from suffering. Well, this is a really good point because, I mean, you even see it with, you know, playgrounds were taking away swings because, you know, kids could get hurt. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that they remind us is that it is actually the, the adversity that we face, the suffering we go through. And, you know, speaking as a parent of three kids, you know, we want to save our children from suffering. We want to, you know, keep them safe. We want to protect them. But it's actually that suffering, that hardship that they go through that helps burnish their character and make them the people that they are. You know, when we kind of, you know, put, you know, wrap them in bubble wrap and protect them from life, um, thinking that we're doing the best thing. We're actually robbing them of their capacity, not only to grow and to learn, but I think what they would say is to appreciate life in such a way that allows it to, to be richer and more joyful. There are story, uh, story after story, and it depends on how you tell the story. For instance, Schindler's List, powerful, never cried more than in Schindler's List, until I saw life is beautiful. Same story. Mm-hmm. One concentrates on the horror, and the other concentrates on 
how these people lived in such a beautiful world uh, inside of that horror because of the way they chose to live. Almost impossible to see yourself getting there. What is the secret of getting there? Well, you you mentioned uh, Schindler's List. I I also have the privilege of working with this extraordinary woman um, named Edith Eva Eager, who uh, is 90 years old and is an Auschwitz survivor. And she's an incredible psychologist, and she was working with the military. She worked a lot with the military on PTSD. And she went in uh, to work with these two soldiers back to back. And both of them had lost their legs in combat. And the first one was kind of, was, you know, knotted up on the bed in, you know, cursing God and country and, you know, just revile, you know, just furious about what had happened and understandably so. The next guy that she goes in to see, uh, is in his wheelchair. He says to her, you know, I feel like I've been given a new lease on life. I'm able to look my children in the eye. I'm still here with them. I never noticed, you know, how beautiful the flowers in the garden are. I mean, you know, it's this focus on perspective. Now, look, you know, this is not to tell people that, you know, suffering is easy and or to be Pollyannish or to just say, you know, we just have to look at the glasses half full. Or but, to even say, even say, flog yourself because you'll be right. Better. No, no, no I don't not, think not we're, we're saying that at all. <laughs> right. But we're saying that you know there. So the the book of joy. One of the things that they talk about are these eight pillars of joy in the book of joy. That they feel, you know, they say, you know, you can't run after happiness. As Archbishop Tutu says, that's the fastest way to miss the bus if you're just kind of running after it for your and trying to pursue it but if you cultivate these eight pillars of joy one of which is perspective you're much more likely to experience more joy in your life what are the eight pillars so there are four pillars of the mind and four pillars of the heart the four pillars of the mind are perspective humility humor which is crucial for them and for life being able to laugh at ourselves and at life and acceptance those are the four pillars of the mind the four pillars of the heart are forgiveness gratitude compassion and generosity um and you know in the book of joy you know they they it's kind of three different parts um we the first part of our dialogue was to understand the nature of joy because you know, there really are only four fundamental human emotions. There's fear, anger, sadness, and joy, according to the scientists, which they wanted us to bring in. So really, when we're talking about joy, we're talking about everything that we hang a satisfying and meaningful life on, and in fact, how we deal with the other three profound human emotions of fear, anger, and sadness. And then we actually, in part two, we looked at the obstacles to joy together and looked at things like fear, sadness, anger, illness, fear of death, all the things that uh, kind of rob us of our joy. And then we explored the eight pillars together. And it was incredible. I mean, you know, the dialogue was amazing. But, you know, what we tried to do is actually bring readers on that journey, because it was an incredible week together, not just filled with so much laughter and tears and incredible stories that they were sharing but we also got to the, the Dalai Lama taught us to meditate Archbishop Tutu gave the Dalai Lama communion uh, the Dalai Lama danced for the first time in his life um, because you know, Archbishop Tutu in his irrepressible African boogie got him up to dance um, it was just it was pretty magical 
I will tell you, I spent, I was lucky enough to spend about eight hours with um, Billy Graham about five years ago. And um, everything that you're talking about, um, I saw from him. And it's, there's something to a man who has tried to pursue a spiritual, decent, God-fearing life his whole life. Um, and, and then is in his 80s. Um, they, they just have a different look to them. You just look them in the eye and they, they are full of joy. They don't have fear because they, they just know, they just know what they know. Um, and the acceptance and love of people who are vastly different than them is, is humbling, very humbling. It's really, it's so true. I, when I was at HarperCollins, we worked with, with Billy Graham, and um, I just, I do think you see it in all of these great spiritual uh, teachers. Um, but I think one of the things that's so extraordinary was that they shared their humanity with us in a way yeah. that was not saying, okay, we're these vaunted, um, you know, special spiritual guys. They were, we are yeah, these human yeah. beings who are on the path with you. And as yeah. Archbishop Tutu said, we are all masterpieces in the making. You know, yeah. we are all on this path, and sometimes we fall, and sometimes we, you know, have bad days, and sometimes we lose our tempers at our our wife, as I did last night. You know, we all, you know, we all go there, um, but we're all on this uh, you know, we're all on this path of trying to be the best people that we can be and to grow and learn in our lives. Um, and they, you know, what we wanted to try to do, as you said, you know, for these two men who are in their 80s, to try to bottle what is it about these two people who are two of the most joyous people on the planet who have experienced such incredible adversity and suffering in their lives and still are able to hold on to that that quality of joy. Doug Abrams, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again tonight. And in the season of joy, I wish you lots of joy. Uh, You too, Glenn. Thank thank you you so much. You bet. The name of the book is The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. Um, everything that he just said about the eight pillars is um, is exactly what I saw in Billy Graham. Exactly what I saw in Billy Graham. And it was humility and his humanness as well. His, his taking me by the hand and saying with tears in his eyes, I failed so many times in my life. I failed, but I tried my hardest. Um, was... Oh my gosh, you are, you're, you're just like me. And that is, there's something special about seeing that from uh, somebody the size of these giants. Know somebody who's looking for joy, the book of joy, the book of joy. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 